0: and grace to be preaching about the light of God. You know there are many verses in the Bible that uh, seems to contradict the character of God especially in the Old Testament like um, in in the book of Exodus with the plagues that came upon the Egyptians and how people were killed by hailstones and and they died and all those kind of things and um, also verses in in the Bible Concerning darkness around God and that God dwells in thick darkness and and all those kind of things and um, there there's a lot of uh, there's a big paradox in the Bible when it comes to light and darkness because the Bible says God dwells in thick darkness the Bible also says that God is light and how does these things work That's what I'm explaining today in today's message. Um, Let me just give you a little bit of an introduction. Uh, Exodus, if we go to Exodus chapter 9, it clearly states here in, uh, in verse 23, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth your hand towards the heavens. That there might be a hail in all the land of Egypt, upon man, upon beast, upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his rod towards heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail and the fire ran along upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous, uh, uh, grievous. I think it was. This is a difficult English word here. Such as there was none like it in all the land Egypt. Since it began a nation, it became a nation. It was twenty-five, and the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was. Um, in the field, both man and beast, and the hail smote every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field. Man, that's glorious if you really understand what it says. Only in the land of a certain place where the, um, the children of Israel were, was there no hail. Now, um, why why does that happen? How does that work? And um, let me give you a word here in, in, in Psalm 18 verse 11, this talks about the psalm writer um, David that just said he prayed to God and then God answered him and this is what God said, um, uh, this was his answer, let's let's see what David said, he says he was in big distress and then he asked God to help him and this is what he said, he said, in my distress I called upon the Lord, this is verse 6, um, and just before I continue, the reason why I say this is I'm heading towards explaining, um, according to my understanding, a little bit of end time judgment and how that worked in some of the verses as I see it in the book of Revelation. Uh, I don't understand everything of the book of Revelation, but I, um, I do understand some things and I want to just, from my perspective, bring some light towards it. It talks about the seals and, and uh, the things that fell on the earth and the destruction and the hail and the fire and the this and the that and all those things so let's get a little bit into this Uh, it says in my research I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God you heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even into his ears now listen to this then the earth shook and trembled that sounds like an earthquake to me the foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken Because he was angry. um, There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also, and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon the uh, the cherub, and did fly, yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind, he made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him, very dark. Now this is beautiful. If You understand what it says. And, and, and I'm talking about light and darkness especially today. So you can understand this. Um, uh, uh, now I lost the place. Okay, verse 11. And he made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the, bright, at the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones, the coals of fire. Now listen to this. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice, hailstones, or hail and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He shot out lightnings and um, discomforted them. So what he says here is, here comes God. He says he lives in this absolute darkness. And out of this darkness comes fire and he breathes this darkness. Now if you understand what it says, this is the most beautiful picture of God. Then before him goes hailstones and destroys the enemy. Okay? This hailstones, he says, is his word. The these balls of fire that were falling is the word of God. So what does he say? You the people are in Egypt. What's the type and a shadow of? He said to them, If you don't let my people go, what does that mean? If you don't allow grace if you don't embrace grace or the doctrine of freedom you know what will happen my word will be as hail unto you and destroy you what does that mean that doesn't mean that God will destroy people it's a type and a shadow of it but this is the destruction it talks about if you embrace the gospel of condemnation or a message of condemnation judgment works righteousness and what you must do for God God's word will be the word that is against you and declare your message as death and destruction and that will be a curse that's why the people uh, um, when when Moses when God came and he said to Moses turn do this miracle then the put the rod down, let it become a snake. They could do it as well, because what he was saying to them actually was, I want to show you and manifest the area where you are in and portray the death that is in there. So when you bring forth the gospel of grace, when you bring forth the word of God, it declares the death of the law. It manifests the death of the law. It shows forth the death of the law. And that's why the, the, those magicians could also do it because they were actually very good at manifesting death. It just came and God said, I want to declare from my side that you are in death. I want to declare from my side, my word brings destruction to your system. So I want to say, as we preach grace, as we preach the word of God, to the law person, it looks like darkness. It is like, man, this guy's preaching darkness. He's not bringing light. He's preaching something that is wrong. But that wrong message brings destruction to the law system. As we preach grace, we find the law system crumbling and becoming nothing. And as we preach grace, I've seen many church leaders, and if you're a church leader, I want to listen to the message that I, that will come after this introduction part Um what we do is we hear people preach grace, we see our people leave churches, or our churches, then we want to embrace grace for a little while, just that the people can stay in the place of bondage, but we will not let the people go. We will not set them free. Like for instance in the tithing system, if I come and I preach a message that says, Jesus is the tithe, if I say Jesus is the fast if I say fasting is your belief and not leaving food Um, if I say obedience is not towards the pastor of the church but towards um, the gospel of grace obedience finds a definition not in the law and obeying the law but in believing the gospel of truth Then, uh, uh, first of all, people say, well, I will not allow that message, I will not do it. And then we will continue as grace preachers, preach that message, people will hear it, they will be set free, and you will experience destruction in your part, in your church, and in your law system that you've built. You'll experience that destruction. Then we find people say, okay, 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 I'm going to, I repent, I repent. Um, I'll say it this way, you know. You don't have to tithe to be blessed, you know, but you need a sow to reap. It's like the repentance of Pharaoh. You repent in order for the curse to be removed for the people that leave your church and your place that's just going to waste. And you repent in a certain way just to keep them and then you continue With your law just to see more destruction coming your way. For the word of God unto you that embraces the law will be hailstones bringing destruction. But in the land land where the uh, um, Israelites lived, there was no hail. Because the presence of God to them is beauty because they stand for freedom. We want freedom. The other people that stood for bondage and enslavement, they experienced the very same word as destruction. So I want to invite you to listen to this message today. Um, And uh, uh, before you go over to the message, I want to just thank every person uh, that has been contributing financially towards this ministry um, I just, you know, uh, uh, people have been giving, and I want to just use this opportunity to thank you for giving. And thank, I want to thank those people that start to give on a monthly basis, you know, uh, via the web, uh, from all over the world. Thank you so so much. That money can really be used towards the spreading of the gospel. Um, and those of you that are still considering giving, thank you. That you, uh, I mean, as you feel in your heart. If you want to give, thank you that you do it. Um, that, I mean, we're building a mission station out in Western Zambia, I'm leaving in a week or two, a week and a half, I'll be leaving to, Zamb- uh, to go to Zambia, and um, man, I know, you know, that uh, um, many people are going to be touched there, many people are going to be saved, uh, the mission station will be started, like I said, we purchased the land, uh, they've marked it out for us, we can go and clean it up, uh, start to build our stuff, uh, hand in the, um, the building plans, so that can be, uh, so they can give us the go ahead to start a build uh, before the end of the year. So, well, thank God for all of that and thank God for your contribution in that. So let's go over to the word uh, for today. It was a wonderful message. I made this, this introduction after I preached the message. So uh, this is a wonderful message. Thank you that you, you listen to this. And if you see fit, forward it to some of your friends it will really help them. It will help them to stay in the gospel of grace. God loves you. Right, um, we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 6, uh, where it talks about spiritual warfare. <coughs> Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, this will be the third message in the series on, uh, where talk about the judgment of God <coughs> and how the judgment of God works. It says in uh, uh, verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Now, just for those of you that, um, that has not been here, I've been talking a little bit about the Urim and the Thummim in the breastplate of, um, of the high priest. And the clothes of the high priest also talks about the armor of God and how God clothes himself. It talks about Jesus and how Jesus was clothed when he was upon the earth. Um, and what protects what, what protects God from um, not believing wrong things about us? Uh, there's certain things that protect God. He, he, the Bible says, "Put on the armor of God." So God has got certain armor that He dresses Himself in, things that arms Him. You know. Uh, so you might say, "But does God need any protection?" Now, this is the Bible says the armor of God. So I believe that is, that's what he clothes himself in. That's what the high priest clothes himself in. And one of the things was called the breastplate. What we call uh, in the New Testament, what we will read is, is the breastplate of righteousness. In the Old Testament it was that they called the judgment plate upon the um, heart of Aaron or the high priest. Talking about the judgment plate that was on the heart of Jesus when he came to the earth. And what was on the heart of Jesus was in the Spirit was these 12 stones talking about the church, all laid in gold, talking about the divinity of God, that we were laid into divinity, um, that He made us divine, Okay, that we became the God kind. That was what Jesus believed when He walked on the earth about every man. People didn't know what He believed. People didn't know what God believed about man. God believes. He walked with a belief that we are divine. That we are the God kind. He walked, he he, he didn't come with a rejecting man. He came in acceptance. And that was the belief of Jesus. And in this breastplate, there was also a place for uh, two stones called the Urim and the Thummim, um, which was uh, stones which indicated direction. It was, Almost like what we would say today, uh, dices, you know, that if you wanted to know what to do, you casted these lots and then you would, they would fall in a certain way and give you direction. And that was what the Urim and the Thummim also was. Uh, no decision was made for the nation without a priest carrying that Urim and Thummim. So it was something that was in the breastplate, it was also something that was... Um, uh, uh, used in in judgment, so he said this judgment plate uh, came uh, with a place for the Urim and the Thummim, and that breastplate of righteousness would not be complete outside of having those two stones which would give direction now uh, like I said, and this is just a a five minute recap that Urim and the Thummim, the the word Urim in the Hebrew starts with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, um, which is olive or in, in in greek uh, uh, the, the alpha and Thummim starts with the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and this I saw in a dream i didn 't know this I had a dream, and in the dream I, I was the, the night before I was studying the Urim and the Thummim and i didn 't know exactly uh, I, I knew it was speaking of Jesus you know because there was an indication in the in the Hebrew of that, but then, in the dream, I saw. Uh, uh, the, 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 these words urim and thummim, and then out of them appeared uh, the the olive and the tav, the first letter of the Hebrew and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is we know in Greek alpha omega. Appeared uh, one out of the thummim and uh, uh, the, the urim, and then the thummim, the, the 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 omega sign, and then a voice came and said, "Those things is Jesus. It is the alpha and the omega. It is Christ." You know, And then I went the next morning, I woke up, I took my phone and I've got a, a, a Hebrew thing there and I, I said to you let's see if this dream is true. Because the, fir- the first words start like that. I know Uram, I mean that's the way you pronounce it in the Hebrew, Hebrew Uram, it starts with a U, you know. It would be like Yud or, or a letter like that. But then you don't pronounce the A, but it starts with an A. And, I, and it was exactly like that, you know, in, uh, in the Hebrew. So, uh, I believe really in my heart that this is what God reveals. That the judgment of God about our lives is Jesus. He is our judgment. And then that word Urim in the Hebrew means fire or light. Okay? So, and then Thummim means innocence. So God's judgment is in the light of our innocence. He gives a judgment unto innocence. Not to find you guilty, but to find you innocent. And in judging you as innocent, he finds the law guilty in finding you guilty. I hope you understand that. And uh, because... It's very difficult, and, and in future we're going to talk about the end time judgment of God. And without understanding these little things, you will not understand what the end time judgment of God will be. And it will be, you'll be scared of, for the return of Christ. You'll be scared of the white throne judgment of God. You know, which is actually, uh, um, you know, if you understand this thing, I, I mean, we'll get into that. It will be so clear and will give you joy and peace when you think of that judgment. Um, Okay, so just with that in mind, that the light, the word Urim, the light that the Bible talks about is the judgment unto our innocence. Okay, so from there we find our definition for darkness and our definition for fire and light and judgment. Okay, Ephesians chapter 6, oh now I'm in Philippians, sorry, here it is. Verse 10: Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on, so, now, now, now let me just explain that to you. It says, Be strong in the Lord. What does that mean? Those of you that come regularly, what, what does Lord mean? The word Lord means he's my servant. Okay? He serves me. That's what the word Lord means in the New Testament. In the Old Testament or in the English, an English Lord is a master that rules over people. And the Bible says in the kingdom of God, a Lord is not somebody who rules over people, but a Lord is somebody who is the servant of all people. Okay, that's what Jesus said. He said, I am don't Lord over each other like the world does, but he that wants to be the greatest in the kingdom must be the servant of, Of people, or the servant of the least. Okay, so who is the servant of the least? Jesus. That's why we call him Lord, for he came to serve us. So he says here, and this is our spiritual war. If you want to, if if you want to conquer in everything in life and not fall under condemnation and judgment and the effects of the law, then you can't escape that. Okay, all you can do, this is what it is: be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the mentality that He serves me with righteousness as a free gift. Be strong in, your, in the thought of how He serves you unto life. Okay? So let, never let your mentality be strong in your service to God. Let your mentality, your belief, be strong in God's service to you. That's, this is what Paul writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, so the church will not fall under the power of Satan. So this is not a light thing. We need to take this as like when you go into battle. I mean, I was in the South African Defense Force. When they teach you how to go to war, I mean, uh, it, it doesn't matter if you like the corporal or if you don't like the corporal. You know that maybe he's—I mean, he's been to the border. He's come back and he's teaching you. So that Sergeant Major and, and, and the, the RSM and those people, they've been there. And they've come back and they're training you to do it. And they're giving you certain weapons and certain strategy for the purpose that you will not die. And here God comes, inspires Paul to write things so that you will not die. And this is the way. He says first be strong. Be very strong. Don't be weak in how God serves you. Many... A people today, and many, many preachers today, their doctrine is very strong in how you must serve God, and how you must submit to their doctrines, and to their leadership, and all those kind of things, where the Bible says, be strong in the Lord, be strong in how God serves you, amen? And in the power of His might. What does that mean? Ephesians chapter 1, His mighty power is how He raised us up into newness of life. Now let me explain that. If we are strong in the power of His might, we are strong in the belief that we are born into newness of life and that we don't try and do newness of life. It's a birth because the power of His might, the Bible says, is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Now Jesus was called the first born from the dead by what? By the great power of God called the resurrection power. So it says there, be strong in how God serves you and then be strong in the fact that how he serves you will manifest his life in you. And that your contribution is not needed. All you do is you are strong in that he'll do it and that he's done it. If you're not strong in that, I want to tell you now, there's going to come a place where the devil will come with his false doctrine and he will get you into trying to serve God under works righteousness and law and you're going to become law-minded, you're going to feel condemned, you're going to feel things get too much for you, you're going to feel your bank balance dictates to you, you're going to feel that uh, the situation and the politics and all those things is heavy on you, you're going to feel that relationships is dictating to you, and all those kind of things, and when you see all these wrong things happening, then you'll find a voice coming in your mind, telling you, correct all these things to get right with God. And the moment you're there, you've lost the battle. You've lost the battle. Satan's plan is not to get you to commit sins. Satan's plan is to simply get you to believe that you're not fully qualified. And then you keep yourself so busy trying to please God that that He doesn't have to spend any time on you. Okay? Right. Let's go on. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So if you want to stand against the devil, what must you do? You put on the armor of God. So what must you put on, on your heart? The belief, the belief that you are laid as a precious stone into the very divinity of God. Believe that about yourself. I am divine. Amen? I believe it with all my heart. I am divine. And I am precious why because of the judgment of God about my life in the light of innocence so I want to just say this to you the Bible says when a, when a woman has got ten coins and she loses one what does she do she first puts on a light she lights up a candle then she sweeps out the house until she finds the coin ok so so in the same way, you cannot see your value unless you first light up the light of your innocence. So before you can find any, anything, any, before you can have any resistance against the devil, against situations or anything, you must first light up the candle or put on the light, put into your breastplate the urim and the thummim, the light of your innocence, so that it can shine forth, that light will shine forth these beautiful colors of these stones, which is your value. And that is what protects us. You know, the law cannot understand that the word innocence can protect people. <laughs> your innocence, the b- believing you're innocent, protects you. Amen. Hallelujah. So that is what you put on. Now listen to this. Um, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay. So he talks about rulers of darkness. There's a ruler of darkness. Now this is a technical message today. Um, but if you go and listen to it a, a couple of times, it will really bless you and will bring such stability uh, um, in your life. So there are rulers of darkness of this world. And when he talks about that, and we can get in some other messages into that, that ruler of darkness, and we'll touch a little bit on it today, is the system where you disqualify That's darkness. Okay. The Bible says in John that Jesus that the Word of God is light. Okay? so if the, And then the Bible says, Light came into this world, but people loved darkness rather than the light. So God's Word is light. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, uh, was, God, um, was God. And He came into this world. And in Him, and He was light. And the life that was in Him was the light of people. Okay, so, the life of Jesus is your light. The life of Jesus is your light. Now, if there is a ruler of darkness, what, 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 if the life of Jesus is your light, if I say, what gives me light is the life of Jesus, what is darkness? Anything that says that Jesus' life is not my light. So if I want to light up my innocence, I'm going to say the life of Jesus is what I judge myself by. If I look, if I qualify for uh, financial stability in this world, if I want to see if I qualify, what do I light up? I use the light of his life. In other words, I go and see how he lived. They don't try to copy his life to qualify. That would be the wrongest thing you can do. Then you say his life is enough to qualify me, so I look into the into his life as shedding light on my financial situation, my marriage, wherever I sit today. And his light is the qualification for me. Okay? Now, any doctrine or anything that says that I cannot use it that way, but that I need to contribute is called darkness. It is called, it, it is empowered, now, now this, I'm going to say it in a radical way, but you need to hear this. It is empowered by Satan. It is not just somebody misunderstanding. That guy, that person is actually under the ruler of darkness. Yeah. He's, he hears a voice, he says he hears a voice, he hears God, but he's not hearing God. He does hear a voice, but it's not God's voice and brings forth things that disqualify us. We can hear that ourselves, you know, where you will say, you know, if you, let me give an example, say you use uh, a certain medication, you know, now you can hear a voice that says, listen, for you to declare yourself as victorious in this life, you need to stop to use that medication. You know, <laughs> that is not in the light of His life, yeah. is your life. That is in the light of your life, is your life. And that's called darkness. That's called darkness. Amen. So, our war is against that darkness. To stay in the light of innocence. Okay, let's quickly go to, um, and I want to just, Now I'm going to talk about this paradox. Let's go to Exodus 10, verse 22. Like I said, today's message may be a little bit technical, but I'm sure it will be a lot to chew on. It talks about the plagues, that came over uh, the Egyptians. Now listen to this. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch, stretch out your hand towards heaven, and there, uh, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand towards the heaven. There was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place, for three days, but all the children of Israel, had light in their dwellings, okay, now, th- this is awesome, he says, stretch forth your hand, towards, the heavens, okay, so, when he stretched forth his hand, towards the heavens, what happened, darkness, came, over the people of, Egypt, and light over israel but it was actually the very same thing this talks about today it talks about it's typology for christ remember this whole bible talks about jesus every verse speaks about jesus this bible is not written to tell you what you must do for God, This Bible is written to tell you what God has done for you, in you, on behalf of you, so that He can give birth to Himself in you. That's why this Bible is written. Any other perspective is a wrong perspective, and you'll not understand the book, you'll become tired. Right. So he says, You stretch forth your hand towards God, in other words, you call upon God, what will happen? God will come down. When God comes down, what happens? The people who believed in enslaving others were in darkness. The people who believed that to be enslaved is not right, we want freedom, they were in light. So the presence of God that came down, to the one it was darkness and to the other it was light. (laughs) To the one it was darkness, a thick darkness that can be felt. I want you to say something about the light that was in the house of the Egyptians. I believe it was a thick light that could be felt. Because it's God. The Bible says in John chapter 1, let's just read John chapter 1 quickly. Um, John chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Verse. Let's read from verse three. All things. uh, Let's read from verse one. In beginning, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the, li- and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So, what does it mean? It means darkness cannot understand the light. New Testament, what does it mean? It means you cannot interpret what Christ has done on law terms. You cannot take new wine and put it in old wineskins. That's what it actually means. It means you cannot come from a law perspective where you, your mentality is what I must do that I don't qualify and from there try and explain the gospel. You cannot do it. You must first light the light of innocence and believe it. From that belief you can explain the gospel. Before that you can't explain the gospel. A, a law mentality cannot explain the gospel, neither understand the gospel. That's why the Bible says, light shines in darkness. So there's darkness like here today. There's darkness, but there's also light shining. But the darkness cannot understand it. What he was saying is, the Egyptians were walking, let me explain it this way, they were sitting in the darkness. To them when they looked at the grace message typology of the new testament to them they couldn't understand they were blinded they were in darkness i don't understand what is this they could not see each other It's exactly what the Lord does the focus is so much on you cannot see any good in any other person you cannot see another person for who he really is because all you see about his life is darkness you just see sin That's how it is under the law. Under the law. When the grace message comes and you're still under the law, I want to tell you, you cannot see anything right in any person. Neither can you even see yourself. You see darkness in your own life all the time. You see darkness in the lives of others all the time. And you cannot move from where you sit. That's what the Bible says. They didn't even stand up from where they were sitting. You you cannot do anything. You'll just sit in darkness. But the Israelites, the, talking about the New Testament, talking about the believer in Christ, they had light. They could see the beauty of, the, of their friends. They could see the beauty of other people. They could enjoy life for what it truly is. They could move around because the light was in the house. That's where the light is. We are the house. Okay, inside us, we've got light and we can see. Remember what happened to Paul. He was on the way to Damascus. Jesus appeared to him and the light of Jesus equaled the darkness of Paul. When Paul saw the light, he was blinded. He couldn't see. Why? Because when, he, when grace was revealed to him, it, according to the law, this is darkness, this is wrong. In today's terms, if if we say light and darkness we say right and wrong we say from god and from the devil so from a law perspective when you look at grace you'll say this is from the devil from a law perspective when you look at grace you say this is a license to sin you say this can this will breed apathy you'll say this will never bring forth a good life how can this ever bring healing how can this bring prosperity how can this bring peace how can this bring a new life it's then it's, it's all about just one guy it doesn't make sense how's this going to work but that's exactly what was spoken in the Bible then already ok now the Bible says um, and there's so many verses about this uh, that we can go and read De- Deuteronomy five 22. let's quickly go and read that and now I'm explaining these verses to you which are difficult to understand it took a long I had to say a lot so that you can understand this. Um, Deuteronomy 5.22. It says, These words the Lord spoke unto all the assembly in the mount, out of the midst of the fire, out of the cloud, and out of thick darkness with a great voice. And he added no more. And he wrote them in two tablets of stone and delivered them unto me. Now listen to this. (laughs) Oh man. Here God speaks. Okay. The Bible says he's a fire. Now how can a fire and darkness be together? It's impossible. A fire makes light. But the Bible says, out of the fire, out of thick darkness God spoke. How does it make sense? The light of the gospel. To the one it's light and to the one it's thick darkness. That's why it says, and this was under the law system. This was the giving of the law. So all you could see was the darkness. From God's perspective. The one person would see God is a fire. The other one would say he dwells in thick darkness. The one would say, God is a God of grace. The other one would say, oh, this grace message, we don't understand that. You know. But we know we must do all these things, because that is their light. Yeah. Then the Bible says, Jesus Christ came to give light unto every man. And He gives light to every man that is born into this world. Light to every man. That means, whenever a person is born, He shines His light in him. Okay, the gospel of grace is towards him. He's born under the system of God doesn't judge him by his works. God looks at him from the light of innocence. Okay, we must, we must realize that God shines his light on every man. Now the Bible says, and we still read it, if the light in you then is darkness. How great is that darkness? So if God comes and he shines his light, But when he shines his light, you find yourself in a darkness where you cannot see each other. How great and thick is that darkness? It's even a darkness that can be felt. So if God shines in you, but that light is a darkness, how great is the darkness? It's as great as what God is light. That's how great the darkness is. My goodness. So I want to encourage you, you know, the plan of the enemy is to make his darkness your light. The plan of the enemy is to get you to believe that the gospel of grace is not the only way. That there's also other ways and we can get these two things together. The Apostle Paul wrote, he said, what fellowship does light have with darkness? No fellowship. We cannot mix these two things. It's impossible to mix. And now we understand the creation. God says in the beginning, He said, let there be light. And He saw the light was good. And the moment He created light, there was darkness as well. And then He says, I'm going to separate light and darkness. There will not be such a thing as a mixed gospel. God said it before He even made anything. He said the platform is this. It is either light or darkness. It's either the gospel of grace or no gospel at all. There's no mixture. And from that light, He said, and and, and this is the wonderful thing. he, He made the sun and the moon. So that even if there should be darkness... You know, talking about the the, the time would come when people maybe would not believe in the good news. He will provide a light for those who want to believe in the light, in darkness. And that's what we have today. We have it today. We walk in a world that is all law and everything, but we've got the moon shining for us, which is Jesus. And we walk in the light of Christ. As those Egyptians walked, uh, uh, I mean, as, as the Israelites walked. Some people were in darkness, other people were in light. And we walk in the light of the gospel. He says, and I've separated these two. And I call it the the, day and night. So we today, the Bible says, while we've got the day, while we've got Christ, let's walk and work. You know? So we make use of the gospel of grace. And then, that's why the Bible says, without Him nothing was made. Without the light, without the word, nothing was created. God creates from the perspective of grace. When the worlds were made, He made it in the day. Amen. So, if you want anything to be created in your life by God, it will only be created in the day. It will only be created in the light of your innocence. Only in that light will be created long-suffering. Only in that light will be created patience. Only in that light will be created love for people, generosity. It can only be created in the day. By the word, stuff is created. Amen. By the light, things are made. Amen. So if you want peace when it comes to any situation in your life, be it protection, like, I mean, I'm driving now to Zambia. Okay? If I drive there, it's, there and back is six and a half thousand kilometers. So I'm going to drive eight days there and back on the road. So my wife can be scared. You know, is Bertie now going to make an accident, what if the car breaks, what if this, what, 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 what? You're in the bush, you know, what if a, sni- a snake bites you, or whatever, spiders, malaria, there's so many things that you can think of. If, if I or she or my family must try and make a willful decision not to be afraid, I want to tell you, it's trying to make light out of the night, It's impossible. Walk in the light that Christ may create in you. That's what the Bible says in John. It says, believe in the light that you might be children of the light. Amen. So we believe in the message of our innocence so that we can be the offspring of light. And we can find the fruit of light in our lives. Amen. Amen. So as we believe that we fully qualify, we are fully blessed, we are fully everything by Christ, free from our works, and we put on the candle of His light. Maybe you, in your life you've lost the, 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 um, the valuable possession of peace. Okay? When it comes to certain areas of your life, you've lost it. You're scared. The only way you're going to find that coin is when you light the candle of how innocent you are, of how righteous you are. When you light that candle, that value can be restored. When you think of your health, when you think of your children, and you think of future, you know, I mean, if I think of my sons, I said to Helene, I think I mentioned it here the other day, I mean, our kids are now growing up, I'm a normal person living in a normal world. You know? and if I look at my life and I look back you know with a natural mind you think oh my goodness um, if my son does what I've done what if it doesn't work <laughs> because the only way I got where I am today is by miracle it's by a miracle it's, it's like every time it's, it's just a miracle when it comes to finances it is a miracle When it comes, but I didn't experience it as suffering. But if you look at how it worked, it's like, oh my goodness. But if I can light up the light of how innocent they are, if I can light up the light of um, how they are qualified, amen, and I can believe it, and they can believe it, then they can be children of the light. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Let's just read that verse in John there. Um, there's so many verses that I want to read. Oh, Lord. Um, John 12, 35. John 12, 35. So, in our spiritual war, we put on the breastplate of righteousness. I like, I like it being called the breastplate of righteousness. It means the belief of how righteous you are. Hallelujah. The belief of how righteous you are, how qualified you are unto anything. Amen. Right. Uh, um, what did I say, was it? 12, Twelve. Twelve. Thirty- Thirty-four. 34. It says, it's, it talks about Jesus when He was upon the earth, so it's a little bit out of context, but verse 36 makes a lot of sense. It says, Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you, for he that walks in darkness knows not where he goes. While you have light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. Isn't that beautiful? I want to say to you how I decided to preach on this message today. Uh, On Friday night I had a dream. I didn't know this was in John 12. I had a dream... And in this dream, I was reading John chapter 12, about the light of Jesus. Then I went to John chapter 12, and I read, and there it stood. Hallelujah. So I know what to preach on. (laughs) Amen. Talk about the light. So I believe this is absolutely from God, this message. Yet, it, it says, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may be children of the light. Verse 46, I have come a light into the world that whosoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, hallelujah. Believe in the light that you may be a child of the light. Our our life as a Christian is not to try and imitate light. If you want to define impossible, This is it. For darkness to shine forth light, it is impossible. It cannot happen. We talk about, when we talk about light in our life, it is a platform of birth. It is born from God through belief. So the only way for you to have the light of, of, I mean to have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, whatever, Peace about your children's future. Peace about your life. Peace about your, the, the day when you're old. Peace about your relationship with your family. Peace about your job. Peace about all those things is to believe in the light. It is not a decision of your will i found so many times people preach and say, listen, that's a will's decision of your will. You must just make a will's late mark. That is a lie from the pit of darkness. It is not from God. You don't try and make a decision of your will. You don't do that. That's wrong. That is the message of darkness. It will destroy your life. You don't do it that way. You want something to be born in you. Because you've believed the light. Amen. Then life is effortless. Effortless, effortless. I was speaking to a, a, a person uh, on, on Facebook, and I, I mean, this, he's a friend, and we differ on certain things. You know? Now, what he says is that um, we received salvation for free, it's an absolute free gift. But we, and he uses a verse in Peter, need to add to our faith. It's a, a verse that says, add to your faith, virtue, this, 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 this. Okay, now I've explained that before. I'll do it maybe later another time. But add to your faith. And he says, now we need to add to our faith an effort to grow spiritually. And that is an effort. Like when you go, he's also a preacher. He says, when he goes and preaches at a place, it's an effort. You know, he 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 he. he, he There's certain things that he doesn't want to do, but because he knows it's the right thing to do, he does it, and he gets it right. Now, very fortunate for the strong will. But what about a person that doesn't have a strong will? There's TV It's easy not to get out of bed for the day what about the person that in, in, his, in his personality he needs a leader he cannot make a decision for himself what about that person most people on the planet today I think about 70% of all people is an S personality which means a supportive they're not leaders, they need a leader most people are not strong world, they need somebody to lead them now what about that person He's always going to feel like a failure. And he will always want somebody to tell him what to do. So he will be such a sucker for the, for the, for the law, if somebody will give him the law, and then he will always feel guilty, because he's never going to get it right, because in his personality he cannot do it. But then you get the strong world, he'll get it right. To a certain degree. And he will never tell you where he doesn't get it right. And where he doesn't get it right, he'll have the doctrine of God knows my heart. And I'm trying. You know? No, no, you cannot work that way. That's not born from God. It's not a a willpower thing. The moment you believed in the light and you become a child of the light, you find an effortless life. It will be a great effort for, I mean I love my wife, I love my kids, I love you, but it will be a great effort for me not to go away for two and a half weeks and preach in the middle of the bush nowhere. I'll rather want to do that. Because I'm a child of the light, and this is not born, now I want you to say this, you can be a child of darkness. You can believe in darkness, and darkness can give birth to works, certain things in your life. And we've always said that the works of darkness are all only bad things. No, no, no. One of the greatest works of darkness is to try and be righteous by your works. That's a work of darkness. Amen. While you have light, believe in the light, that you may be children of the light. And he repeats himself in another form here. He says, um, I've come a light into the world, that whosoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. Jesus says, abide in me. How do you abide in Christ? Believing in Him. That we will not be com- completely in darkness or abide in darkness. Now the Bible talks about the, 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 uh, the people that come before God in the end time judgment and He says to, to them, go away from me, you workers of iniquity. Okay? And they will be cast into utter darkness. Now, now, what does that mean? There were people that worked righteousness and there were people that worked ungodliness. What is ungodliness? Ungodliness is to, 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 to walk in this darkness and then you'll go to the place w- w- that is created eternally by that belief, which is a hell. So, if God shines His light... And the light that He shines is a darkness unto you. How great will the darkness not be? So when we have the light, let's believe in the light. When you hear the gospel of grace, you believe in the gospel of grace. And I want to say this. It, it, it's a wrong thinking to think that the gospel of grace cannot produce fruit. The gospel of grace is not a message where you don't see any fruit in your life and you're just satisfied with never having fruit. No, no, no. The gospel is a message where it talks about God bringing forth his fruit in you. As easy as what it is for you to be condemned and have the emotion of condemnation when I take out the law, bring forth your works, and judge you by your work, and to feel condemned, that's how easy it is to have peace. That's how easy it is to have joy. When you just bring forth the light. Amen. And you believe in the light. When I bring forth condemnation, like uh, I spoke to a, f- a friend of mine over the phone. He phoned me. I haven't spoken to him for a very long time. Uh, he phones me. Um, he, he, I, I for many years tried to explain grace to him, but does not understand it. So he phones me and I talked to him about a, a, a. We were talking about a church. And I said to him, I'm so upset because this church went through a split. Now this was a law-based church but even when they go through a split even if they're law-based I feel hurt because the concept that people have about God is no wrong and they feel hurt I see people like sheep without a shepherd in that town if you've had 200 people in your church and now you've got 40 and the other 40 is now with this guy somewhere there and the other 40 is here and the rest is just nowhere I mean it's, it's, it's just ungodly not to feel a compassion, man. I was feeling this compassion we were talking about, and then he started to tell me how bad this one pastor is. I said to him, listen man, I think there's two sides of the coin, you know. It's not just the one guy that caused all this, both of them are wrong. Then he says to me, how have you fallen, you know, to such a low state that you now gossip about this other man to me? You know, the moment he takes out the law, do you know how easy it is to feel condemned? That word possesses the power to bring forth condemnation, if you believe it. But I don't believe the report he takes out. So it cannot produce an emotion of guilt in me. Darkness cannot bring forth its child in me. If I take out a report and says you've smoked for so many years, you've been drinking alcohol for so many years, you've, you've had so many wives, you've slept with so many women or so many men, and that's what you've done, you know, that means you cannot have a happy marriage, because you've been divorced ten times. You cannot. If I take that out, I want to tell you, it possesses a power, should you believe it, to bring forth a child in you. That child will be, you'll never be happy ever in relationships. As long as what you believe this. Believe the darkness and you'll, have, you'll find darkness give birth. Believe the light and you'll be a child of the light. Amen. Believe it. So if you don't see the light manifesting its life in you, you feel fear, you feel condemnation, you feel all those kind of things, what do you do? You hear the gospel again until you believe. Believe means to rest your mind. You listen to the gospel until your mind goes to rest. I want to tell you this. Uh, 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 In my life, this was my experience. The beginning I heard the gospel and I was very happy because of the gospel. But I still believed the law. Okay, but I heard the gospel. And as I was hearing it, I found I became persuaded of this truth. To the point that I believe it now. And now I find this is too precious (laughs) to go and fool around with something that can bring darkness into this. I will always stick with this. Once this thing starts to manifest, this effortless life, we protect it with everything that we've got. We don't try, and that is our spiritual war. I want to end off with this. Uh, Psalm 119 verse 130. You know, I want to... The gospel, the Bible says, um, we are the light of the world. Okay? So if you are the light of the world... Meaning that as people today we shine as lights. What does it mean? It means that we are the candle declaring the innocence of people. That's what it means. You're not the light of the world by telling people drinking is wrong. Then you the darkness of the world. I don't say drink and be drunk, you know, a, a, a very good friend of mine, Richard Gamble, um, made this video, he didn't get a lot of likes on it, <clears throat> or a lot of comments, I did put a comment there, he was sitting there and he, and he said he listened to one of my messages of years ago where he talked about scripture interpretation, how do you interpret scripture, and if it's not in the light of the gospel of Jesus, if it doesn't point to Jesus, you're not understanding the verse, the Bible Jesus is the Word. So if you read the Bible, you don't see Jesus, you're not reading the Word of God. Okay. So if you... And I also said that the Bible is not the Word of God, but the correct interpretation of every scripture is the Word of God, and that every scripture in the Bible contains the Word of God. I also said that. So he was very happy about that, and he was talking about it and whatever. And then he said... um, there are many things that we take in the Bible literal and we feel we condemn ourselves over it and he did say it with a a compassion in his heart and trying to explain to people and then he said many people will be offended if a preacher drinks wine or a beer and he said but for those legalists I've got a beer here (laughs) and he just opened it up and he says, I just, cheers on Jesus. <laughs> and he drank his beer. Yo. Glory to God. Just, is <laughs> <laughs> so, now, I, I'm not for alcohol abuse or anything like that. But I, th- I, I mean, some guy said, you're so arrogant and this and that and whatever. I just wrote there, I said, listen, I know this is shocking, but some people do need to be shocked. That's it, you know. He wasn't drunk, he just drank a beer and preached. That's all he did, you know. So, um, to the one, that is thick darkness. That is what you call thick darkness. But God dwells in thick darkness the law person when I look at what Richard has done I see the glory of God if a person listening to this over the web now will say in his legalistic he will say I see thick darkness <laughs> but I'm seeing the light of God I'm seeing the freedom of the gospel of Jesus thank you Jesus for that amen that is what we call thick darkness and light. Now listen to Psalm 119. Jesus is the light of the world, declaring the law as darkness. The Bible says, now listen to this, the eye, I, 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 we must first do that, I can't go with, we will finish with Psalm 119, but let's quickly go to uh, Matthew 6. Matthew 6. This is, this is very, very important listen to this Matthew 6 22. where your treasure is there your heart This verse 21 be also the light of the body is the eye now we know Jesus is the light okay but now he comes here and he explains something else okay so here is Jesus he is the light of the world but what enlightens your body is your eye okay so Here is light. Your eye is the window. Okay? If you want light in your house, then you must open the window. So, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. But if your eye be evil, remember the Greek meaning of the word evil? Full of labor. That's what the word mean in Greek. Full of labor or annoyances. If your belief system is full of labor, if the way you perceive things is full of what you must do for God, your whole body shall be full of darkness. Because darkness does not understand the light. But if your eye is single, you only see one thing, Jesus, and not your labors, but Him only, your whole body will be full of light. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. But if your eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness. My goodness. So that's why when you preach grace and a person wants to believe the law, you will react with reaction as what you would take somebody and trying to put his head under the water and kill him. Because you're taking away his oxygen. That's it. He feels he's dying. To the one, it's a smell of death. To the other one, it's of that of life. So if you preach grace and a person does not want to believe and he persists in seeing it by a law perspective, he will feel you trying to kill him. And we feel... If I come today and I pre- pre- preach a works righteousness message, you'll feel you cannot breathe. you feel you're taking away my life. Yeah. Amen. End of with Psalm 119. Verse, what does I say, 130? Let's read verse 20, 20, 129. So we start with verse 1. <laughs> yeah. Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore does my soul keep them. Remember that we said, your word is a miracle word, how can I but obey? That is the message translation of that verse. It says, your testimonies are wonderful, therefore does my soul keep them. The entrance of thy word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Look thou upon me and be merciful unto me, as, as thou is it used to do unto those that love thy name. That's a bit of an Old Testament perspective because they were still prophesying about the coming of the Lord. So here he says, the entrance of your word gives light. So if you don't see that light, what do you need? The entrance of the word. What is the word? It is the light of your innocence, the Urim and the Thummim, the judgment of God in the the, the, uh, concept or from the foundation of light. Amen. So, if you don't see that, get into the Word. I don't say get into the Bible. That's not what I'm saying. The, the last thing you might do is try to get into the Bible. The Bible might be the very thing that kills you. I want to tell you, this, this, this scripture interpreted by a by law perspective, man, rather burn it. Burn it. Get rid of it. I'm just wasting your time. It is the source of your death. Better believe in no God. This interpreted in the light of Jesus is your life. Read it as much as possible. Embrace it. Love it. Be in the Word. Don't be in the Bible. Be in the Word of God. The light of innocence. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I want to thank you that your light shines unto us. Thank you, Lord, that the people that are here that might experience sickness in their bodies, that we know that we can believe in the light. We rest our mind in how, what you shine forth. And thank you, Lord, that we don't see what you've done as darkness, but we see it as light. And thank you, Lord, that every area of our life where there is darkness, it can be enlightened by you and what you've done. Lord, if there's an area in our life where we still see things from the law perspective, thank you that you come, as Paul wrote and said, you perfect our faith. You clearly explain to us uh, uh, what to believe in that area of life. Uh, practical things, Lord, like raising our kids, uh, relationships, um, church, job, work, uh, friends, anything we do. Thank you, Lord, that the light of the life of Christ as my life can shine in every area and we can believe it, Lord. Thank you, my God, that faith and belief is so easy when you are portrayed as a God of integrity, a God of love. It comes naturally. The entrance of your word gives light. Thank you, Jesus, that we don't walk in great darkness. And thank you, Lord, that we can be a light unto the people. So many times, it's like the Pharisees, Father... You said unto them, you think you are the light of the Gentiles, but you're not. You walk in darkness. If the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. If the man under the law wants to lead people to freedom, both will fall into condemnation and judgment. But thank you, Lord, that you've made us the light of the world. That when we look at people out there, we look at them with compassion and love We look at them uh, from a perspective that they are worth so much. And thank you, Lord, that we can preach in such a way that they can believe and be enlightened by your gospel. Those people that are here, if you've got any sickness in your body right now, I want to just say this. The Bible says we are children of the light, therefore walk as children of the light. What that means is we make use of what God has given us. And I come in the name of Jesus and I make use of the resurrection power of Christ. And I speak over your uh, body that experiences sickness and disease right now. And I declare the healing resurrection power of Christ. I walk as a child of the light and I make use of that healing. I declare you are healed right now. Those of you that struggle financially, you struggle in business, things just don't seem to work. In the name of Jesus, I walk as a child of the light and I command you to walk as a child of the light and to make use of the favor of God. Like that one song we sang, your favor is my delight. We delight in the favor of God which says we shall have favor with God and man. I declare over your business and over your finances the resurrection, power, and favor of Jesus. Those that watch by the internet, in the name of Jesus, I declare over your life the favor and resurrection power of Jesus. You, I walk as a child of the light and make use of, of my rights in the kingdom which is to speak the freedom of God over you and to see freedom manifest by miracle power over your life supernaturally. It happens by the glory of God. Thank you for that Jesus. Thank you for that my Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I also feel in my heart um, you you can be here and there's there's things that you struggle with. You don't feel condemned by it. uh, But it's things that you keep secret. You don't want to tell anybody about it. It will be a shame if people hear about it. You know you're in grace, but you do these things. You don't feel condemned by God, but you would love to be free from it um, because you know it doesn't belong to you. It's not supposed to be there. So I want to just pray for you right now. I believe this is just a word from God, a word of knowledge. In the name of Jesus, I come right now. In the name of Jesus, which spells your innocence, in the name of of the light of your divinity and your value and what you've been saved unto, I come right now and I declare you being set free from that bondage of darkness which does not belong to you, which is illegally there, I declare you free right now, supernaturally by the resurrection power of Jesus. You are set free in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know who it can be, uh, but, but I, there's somebody that your, your child's already out of school and you need to provide for this child things and, and you don't know how you're going to provide for the next step. I don't know if he studies or works or whatever, but they need money. As I just believe the Lord says, you don't have to provide that. It will come in another way. Somebody else is going to provide that. Uh, some other systems, uh, it's just a beers of a company or something is going to provide you don't have to provide. Just rest in my provision, says the Lord. Hallelujah! I believe it's a lady carrying the strong in her heart. That's what the Lord says unto you, in the name of Jesus. Thank. God. I just see, like this, this this line, and then a gap with this big ditch, and you think I cannot cross this bridge. But. I, I just see the provision manifesting on the other side of the bridge. You don't have to cross that bridge. God provides on the other side. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen and amen.